things every 13 year old should know. Father, how are you? What's up, Annabelle? I'm good. How, are you? How have you been? Uh, I've been all right. I've been all right. A lot of snow, you know. St it still hasn't melted. It's been here for a while. It was really fun at first, but now I kind of just want it to go away. Exactly. You see where I'm coming from. Here's my thing with snow. Fun the first three days, and then after that, it's like, okay, you can go away now. Like, for sledding. Exactly. For sledding. Sledding's always the best. Anyways, here with us today is a really famous tap dancer, like, exceptional. Adeli Cassell! Hey. Welcome! Welcome! Thank you so much! Thank you! I'm so happy to be here. I'm honored, honored. Yes! Uh, yes, you talk about snow. You know, I, if, if I may, one thing that every 13 and adult should know is that a leaf blower will work uh, really well um, to get rid of the snow if you don't have a snow blower. Wow, I did not know that. Did not and know. Every 13 year old needs to know that, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> in, in case they ask you, in case your parents are asking you, hey, go out there and shovel the snow, you can be like, yeah, let me go get that leaf blower and make it a lot easier for myself. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh -huh. For sure. I need to know that whenever I'm in New Jersey. Yeah, good point. That's where I am right now. Oh, and really? That's, and that's how I discovered the, the uh, you know, the beauty of the, of the leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> so, Annabelle, do you want to start us off? Yeah, for sure. So, who inspired you to start tap? Like, where did you truly find your love for tap dancing? Mm, that's a really good question. They're actually two separate answers. So, where I really found my love, love for it was um, in college, right? So, I actually first started tap dancing when I was 19 years old. So, a lot of people think, oh, you have to start when you're younger. But I actually started much, much later. Um, and I was in a tap class that was a very basic tap class for actors. And I was doing like flap heel, flap ball change, like the, literally the equivalent of the ABCs. And then I met um, uh, someone who ended up becoming a very good friend and mentor, even though he was like one of my peers. Um, and his name was Bakari Wilder. And he was a real tap dancer. Like I was just taking class and like just for, you know, a regular basic class, but he had been really in the, been in the culture of it. And when I heard him dance, so something went from like A, B, C, D, E, F, G to something that was like, you know, James Baldwin, Shakespearean in terms of uh, uh, in terms of vocabulary. Right. So, you know, when I heard rhythm the way he was doing, just to give an example, because this is, you know, a podcast, you know, I was doing and I heard when I heard him go I was like, oh, my God. I love that. How do I do that? You know? So that's how my love began, you know? Um, but my, I will say that the first time that I saw it, which was uh, watching Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, which is a famous, um, famous dance duo um, in the, in the movies in the thirties, forties and fifties. Um, and I saw them just waltz across the screen and I thought, Oh, that looks like magic. And so I got to partake in that magic myself. <laughs> I was actually about to say, I've heard you say a lot that tap dance is magic. And I was going to say, what makes it so magical for you? Hmm. Well, I, I, in many ways, I, and for several reasons. One, because I do believe that there's an element of when you watch a tap, a really skilled tap dancer move and, and the sounds that are coming from their feet, the rhythm, and, and sometimes with very minimal movement, it looks like it looks like magic. Like where, how on earth are they like doing that? Number one. So there's that element of magical. And then also to me, the magic is in the feeling of it. Like for me, how it feels in my body, how it feels when I do it, it just feels so good. 
that um, it's just like kind of otherworldly in that way for me. You know, it's like a level of expression that I don't get to experience sometimes when I'm just like in conversation or let's say watching a movie or, you know what I mean? So to me, it's magical in that way. And I also feel like it's magic because I think that it, it has it has the potential and it actually really does unite people, you know, through any barrier of culture or language or, you know, um, background that people, when they see it, there's something that they really love about it. And, um, and I think that that is anything that can unite people um, is magical to me. I feel like tap is one of those things that when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, for sure. Like I can do that easily. And then when you actually try it, it's like, how do they do that? <laughs> exactly. I don't know how you guys make your foot do that many things in like half a second. I can barely walk. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. I feel that. I used to, you know, I used to feel like that too. Like I used to think like, oh my God, people, how they're making that up of, especially when improvisation was when I understood improvisation. I thought like, wow, I can't believe people can do that off. They just make it up off the top of their head. But um, it is, it is deceivingly, uh, you know, deceptively uh, difficult, but like, uh, it makes it look easy, you know, it makes it look easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said you started tap dancing when you were about 19. How, how mm -hmm. did you like progress like, see, like, it seems to be so quickly, because like you said before, you think, oh, if you're such a good tap mm -hmm. dancer, you had to have started when you were like seven or eight. But you started mm -hmm. at like what would be considered, I guess, like a much later age when people think yeah. really good tap dancers. So how did you progress to that higher level so fast? Mm, that's a great question. You know, I will say I was obsessed. I was obsessed. I knew that I really, really loved it. And I really liked it. Like, I just loved it so much. And I wanted to learn everything about it. And and I had seen um, it being done at a really high level. So like, I was watching Gregory Hines, you know, um, in his in his films, and I was watching even my peers at the time, be really great at it. And I wanted, I wanted to like, be so great, you know, that I just became super obsessed with it. And I practiced all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean, like people sometimes think practices happens only when you get to put on the costume, put on the shoes, put go into the studio, go into a designated space. But for me, your practice is everywhere, right? So I would practice going to the subway. I would practice in the subway. I would practice sitting down. I would practice when I was going to the grocery store. I would practice when I was listening to my, you know, my Walkman. Yes, my Walkman. That's the thing that used to exist, y'all. Um, <laughs> you know, so... Um, and I was just always practicing and I was always thinking about it, you know, and that's, I think, and watching, I was watching people who were executing it on a really high level. And I just like applied myself, you know, there's really something to that discipline, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's really impressive, like having that much discipline and that's how you can tell it's like really a true passion. You're doing it mm -hmm. all the time and mm -hmm. it's hard to find that. It's really cool how you discovered your passion. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I love it. It has been a really like, um, just a wonderful surprise, you know, in my life. And, and if I can say something to that is that sometimes, you know, you have an idea, uh, of what you want to do, especially when you're younger, right? You go, okay, when I grow up, I want to do this. Right. And that's so wonderful to have, um, that kind of a goal, but sometimes you get a nice surprise. Sometimes if you're paying attention, right? Some, this uh, curiosity will kind of like, you know, just nudge you. And then you realize like, wait, let me just pay attention to this. And then you discover something that you didn't plan for, but that ends up really altering and changing your life 
you know, for the better. So I would say like, that's a really important lesson for me. It was a really important lesson. I'm wondering on your road to being a tap dancer, was there ever a time where you questioned your passion or were you always like a hundred percent invested? Hmm. You know, um, I would say I knew what I didn't know was that I knew that I loved tap dancing, but I didn't know that I was going to be a career. Right. So I, um, I, w- I went to NYU, um, to school of the arts to become an actor. That was my training. I was, I was going to be an actor and I actually am right. I am. And I did do that. Um, and then when tap dancing sort of started taking over my life, there may be been, been a moment where I was like, wait, am I going off course here? Did I, you know, am I, am I supposed to make a choice? But I think at the time, um, I just kind of went with what felt good. And I think what felt good and what was clear about um, the opportunity was in being a tap artist and a, and a, and a soloist and a choreographer. And so I kind of just went with it. I will say that there were times, there were times during that ascension where I was like, did I abandon my, my first love, my passion, that I, which was, as far as I knew, since I was nine years old, was to become an actor, you know? But um, I ended up being able to sort of marry the two much later when I started writing and when I started um, writing work for myself where I could really exercise all of my creativity, right? Because we're all many things. We have many talents. We, and I think that we should pay attention to all of them because, you know, that's they were given to us. Those gifts are given to us for a reason. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent agree. Um, you said you were like at the age of nine, you really wanted to be an actress. You went to NYU thinking you were going to be an actress. What, what was it like growing up? You know, what did you do before tap dancing? Before, you know, that passion really kicked in. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was nine, I moved to Puerto Rico. And um, so I would say that if you were to ask me what was I doing as a nine-year-old, as a 10-year-old, was one, learning the language because I didn't speak Spanish. And I I found myself in a culture where I had to communicate. So I had to learn a new language. Uh, And also, um, you know, the... the, the, the culture of living on an island is a lot different than living in the Bronx, which is where I was born and where I, you know, where I was living prior to there. Um, so I was running around with chickens. I had chickens as pets. Um, and I was like, you know, enjoying being, going to, you know, having my school be across from the beach. And I, but I, I was like starting to become uh, really interested in being a, like a musician. Like, I don't know, I thought it was really cool to play the saxophone because the saxophone was really big in the eighties. <laughs> and so I wanted to do that. And then I wanted to play piano because I was like really obsessed with the singer then. Um, and, and that was, that used to play those instruments. And so I was really kind of doing that. I was sort of daydreaming and sort of implementing, uh, these other creative ways of like living, you know, um, but that was pretty much what I was doing. And I was also like, when I was 15, I was dancing to Janet Jackson a lot. So I was obsessed with Rhythm Nation and, and anything that she did. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a Janet Jackson dancer when I grow up. That didn't ha- happen, but <laughs> I did end up becoming a dancer. Yeah. Uh, you've been talking about music a little, and I'm wondering how does the world of music and the world of tap dance, how do how do they like interweave to make pieces? Mm, that's that's a great question. I think that you know how I say tap is magic. I also when I'm when I'm teaching tap is also music. Um, it's musical expression. It's just that it's not our instrument is our body. Our you know our feet um, are the drums, and so 
Um, and that way, it's very directly correlated with, you know, with music. Um, also, historically, tap dancing, you know, was born here in this country. And and really, the, the evolution of it co coincides with the evolution of jazz music. So a lot of um, tap dancers and a lot of jazz musicians would borrow um, from one another and they would they would, you know, converse. <laughs> musically together and a lot of and they were inspired by each other so um there are you know there's a, a a whole period of tap dancing where the 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 groove of it swings and then it has this very definitive sort of swing kind of feel and that's because tap dancing and jazz evolved, you know, together. So it's very directly correlated. Everything we do, if it doesn't feel like something that you can bop your head to or like have a musical connection, then it, it, people are doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you shake your head, exactly. I, mean, I, rem I remember feeling that while I was uh, watching While I Have the Floor, mm -hmm. and I was wondering in that performance, you were saying a lot of uh, artists' names and I'm wondering, was there a specific one that inspired you the most and like led you to where you are as a dancer? Mm, yeah, that's a beautiful question. Um, I, the, the, the people that I mentioned most, um, let's see, in that piece, I speak about Fred and Ginger being inspired by them. And then, um, and then toward the end, um, I speak about these, uh, these black women tap dancers from the 30s, 40s, 50s, who I actually didn't get the opportunity to really uh, study um, in terms of when I was tr uh, training and being educated as a tap dancer, primarily because no one was talking about them. So, and because nobody was talking about them and probably like not only when I was training, but even before me, there's very little documentation on them, right? So there's no video. So like, whereas I can look at Baby Lawrence and I can look at clips of Sammy Davis Jr. and, you know, the Nicholas brothers, there are very few, very, very, very few clips of these women. And so I would say, in answer to your question, even though I didn't learn, like, let's say, specific steps and ways of dancing from watching those women, I believe that I've been mostly <laughs> inspired by them because I was, I just became very obsessed with storytelling and telling your story while you have the opportunity to, and, and really taking control over that. Because sometimes, you know, um, if you don't do that and nobody else does it for you, then it's almost like you didn't exist. And that to me felt like a travesty, right? Because you know what it takes to become really good at anything. I mean, look at even being able to speak takes practice, being able to walk as a baby. You see how, how many times they fall down, right? Everything takes practice and everything takes, um, and, and sometimes through injury, through pain, through joy, through excitement, like all of these things like are part of our journey, right? And, and their, their life, they equate to life, right? And so for someone's life and the whole life experience to not be documented and to not be honored was felt very personal to me. So I always speak their names because I want, I want to be remembered and I want them to be remembered. And so I feel like if I speak about it for myself, then, then people are going to know about them through me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say that piece was so beautiful. Yeah. It, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It was awesome. Um, thank you. So I feel like everyone 
like within their passion i i have a couple like skateboarding soccer i feel like sometimes it like really means something to them like in order to like skate in order to like tap for example like what did tap mean to you like sometimes like mm. passions can like be an escape for people in a sense um what what did tap mean to you for me it remember when i said that i when i moved to puerto rico i didn't speak spanish and i just remember being nine and being like feeling really like lonely and feeling like isolated and just feeling scared to be honest and not feel like i could communicate um and then i i was eventually because you know as kids you learn your you learn very quickly um but then i moved back to new york and then my english was out of practice and i remember being in school as a 10th grader and feeling like oh I'm afraid of saying the wrong word. And so I, it made me kind of very introverted, like an introvert and a, a little bit shy. I mean, I, I feel like now I don't feel like I'm, I'm so shy, but I felt then that I was shy um, because I didn't, I was afraid of saying the wrong thing of, of, of not communicating um, properly or, or even just boring people or isolating people because of my um, lack of clarity. So when I found tap dancing and I found something that could uh, allow me to express myself, in a way that not only did it feel good to me, but I I saw how people reacted to it. Like I saw that they had a, they had a connection to um, how I was dancing or what they were hearing coming out of me that was from me. Then I thought I I realized then that tap dancing was my third language. That tap dancing was another way for me to speak and to and to be and to honor my my myself my voice you know so that's what it means to me to me it means communication it means expression which as a human being is is everything you know um and if i may give you some extra context and why because that's my own life right like so for me it meant like oh i found something that gave me joy that i could express that people connected to but the the irony is that tap dancing itself was born out of that very need to communicate and to express, right? So like, I always I always tell this story, and if I may very, very, very briefly, but you know, the origins of tap dancing are rooted right here in the experience of black people, right? So, you know, when black people were brought here and they were enslaved and their drums were taken away, they, they found another way to communicate. And so when you don't play, when you're used to like expressing yourself rhythmically and communicating on an instrument, right, on a drum, it's, or, and, and that is, is, is removed, then as a, as a human being, your spirit goes, how can I still express this? And then it goes into the body. And then you start to like use your, everything that's available to you, right? And that is, and that comes from an intense need to also express and communicate what's inside you. So um, I think that my own personal connection to it is closely connected to the origins of it in general. Yeah, I feel like dance and like any form of art is really one of those things that's like a universal language where no matter where you come from or no matter what you speak or what you look like, you'll be able to understand it like practically immediately, which makes it just so awesome, those kinds of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, when you have something to say, people are going to understand, you know? So it's true. That's really cool. And inspiring because it's like not being able to like express yourself like would be really bad and stink and you being able to do that through tap dancing really shows that you can express yourself through art and yeah yeah <laughs> were there any like true hardships of growing up because obviously growing up as a 13 year old probably is not the same back then as it was currently, you know, online school, pandemic, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So what what was it like growing up at the age 13? Yeah. 
back in the olden timey days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. Well, I mean, I think my personal uh, challenges, um, which I've spoken about um, already, or were like about like, you know, communicating and um, yeah, just um, expressing in that way. I mean, I always was like really focused on, and obsessed with one thing or another at any given time. So like, I didn't, re I don't remember really having any like friendship challenges, although you know, I know that 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 is a reality, but I I often found that I like would escape into my own world, and so I felt like there was always safe, you know. So if I wasn't obsessed with um, you know, a particular singer, then I was obsessed with the TV show, and like it gave me like a, a a way to sort of like escape into like a different kind of world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but um, let's see, this was like in the in the 90s i would say okay i have one thing you want to hear one of my challenges yeah one of, my, one of the challenges that i think we're hopefully on the other side of um and we're getting better and better as a society was that i didn't really feel like there were a lot of people who looked like me who were doing the thing that i wanted to do right so um you know i'm my father's black my mom's puerto rican um and i just remember when even when i went into nyu um or wanting to be a performer I just remember feeling like, oh, I wonder if there's a space for me. Is there a space for me? Is there, is, um, will, would anybody, anybody hire me? Is anybody interested in like, you know, uh, working with me in this way? Because I don't see many people like me there, you know? And so, um, I think that that was kind of hard to like sort of contend with as a young, as a young person. Um, but I think, you know, thankfully, I believe that we are, we, we have come a long way, you know, a long way since then. You know, we have a lot more diversity and a lot more inclusion than there than there was when I was. Yeah, you know, when I was growing. Definitely, and I think as the years have progressed on and will continue to progress, things will will only get better because the education mm -hmm. system is getting better. People are starting to understand and like have a grasp of these concepts from like an early age, which I think is very important in terms of like, you know, you you only like see a certain way because you were taught that way to see a certain way you're so right you're so right and the more you use your voice it's so interesting right because like the idea of communication and expression and using your knowledge right to express these things that that you feel like should be heard the more we exercise that i think the better the better it gets you're so you're 100 right annabelle 100 what was your first time tapping like uh now so i always i think of it like as two different like tap bursts like the one is when i first put my tap shoes on when i was just happy to do the basic stuff and then the other one was when i started to know what i was doing so which one do you want to know about both. <laughs> okay both okay well the first time when it was just the basics i was so excited like i just felt like i was like finally like living the dream of being like in a in an old movie and you know dancing next to ginger or something so i was really really thrilled um and it felt, uh, so it was giddy, you know? I felt like, you know, I was, yeah, it just felt like good. Like I was realizing a dream. Um, and then when I first started to learn how to improvise, I remember feeling um, like a little scared because improvisation, the idea of you making something up on the spot, that it's not something that, some, that, that you were told, but that's something that comes from you, right? And that moment of like, what do I say? It's kind of like when the spotlight goes on you, and you know you have a room full of people what do you do with that moment and i remember in my practice feeling like uh maybe it's not going to be good enough maybe you know is it is this the right thing is that like i remember all of these questions and 
um, but when I started to understand that it's literally one foot in front of the other, that you, you start small, you then, and then eventually it gets better and better. When I finally found that, like that, that, um, bravery, I think it's bravery and courage to, to listen to your voice and then like hear it, you know, uh, hear it out loud. The minute I, I, I discovered that I was like off, like, it's like to this day, I still get so excited Wilder. Like when I put on my tap shoes, it's like the first time I've ever put on my tap shoes. Like I can't wait to lace them up. Sometimes I don't even lace them up. Sometimes I just like put them on and I'll just start dancing right away because I just want to feel that feeling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing you in Staten Island and it was cool being on the stage. I felt like, I don't know how, but I had stage fright just in front of like the, <laughs> like, even though there were like a ton of other kids there and uh-huh. it, it's really admir- admirable how you do that in front of all those people. And mm. I'm wondering what was it like the first time you got up on stage? Mm. Wow. The first time I got up on stage, I think, you know, I wonder if it still feels like now where it's like, you always get, there's always that moment right before you go on that feels a little scary, you know, that your nerves start, you know, you get, I get tense, like my breathing kind of like I have to control my breathing because you know, there's, it's really vulnerable, I think, to, to go up and, and in front of a group of people and a group of strangers, right, and, and do something for them and hope that they connect with you, right? So I think the first time I got on stage, I think I had probably a mixture of excitement because I was doing the things that I had always dreamed of doing. And then also probably nervousness in terms of, you know, will, will, I, will I fail? Will I succeed? Will people like this? Um, and I got to tell you that, that that feeling, those feelings are something that kind of persisted throughout the years until I realized something. I I learned something that changed my entire perspective of performing and being in front of a group of strangers. And that is that my intention, my intention before I hit the stage is to enjoy, right? To enjoy and to share everything um, good about what I have learned and how I, and how, what I'm experiencing. Right. So it is my intention to give you a great experience and for me to learn something in the process. Right. So if I know that that is my intention, that means that, um, I can't fail. Right. Cause I, there's no preconceived notion of what I'm going to do. Um, et cetera, et cetera. It's just that if the intention is to share honestly in the moment, then, um, there is no, there is no failure for me. We're, we usually have a few wrap up questions, and one of the first ones, if you could give advice to a kid, a 13-year-old kid, or any kid really, who would want to follow in your footsteps and do what mm. you do, what would you mm. tell them? Yeah, I would say, and this might sound a, little, sound a little trite, but you know deep down like what you're called or what you're being called to do in that moment or, you know, um, and and... I would say to follow that urging, follow that curiosity, follow the thing that keeps nudging at you, right? Because that is the thing that is trying to get your attention because that is a thing that belongs to you. It's part of you, right? So um, a lot of times, um, and I don't think that this was the case for me, um, but I hear in so many other people, so many young people who are like, oh, I want to be a lawyer because my mom wants me to be a lawyer. Or I want to be a doctor because when I say I want to be a doctor, people's eyes light up and they think, oh, that's so great. And it is. And if that's what you really want, but if that's not what you really want to do, if really you say out loud, I want to be a doctor just because, you know, some somebody says that, but somebody else wants you to be that. But deep down, you know that you are 
an artist or you are, you know, you love numbers instead, or, you know, you should really listen to what it is that you, you know, that thing that keeps nudging at you. That, does that make sense? Um, yeah. And then, tr and then trust that it's all going to work out. Right. And then if it doesn't, um, it doesn't seem like it in the moment that it's just like, stay focused and stay um, and stay, keep your eye on the prize because, in time, you're going to see that vision come to life. And that is exactly what has happened with me. What's one general piece of advice you'd like to give to 13-year-olds? Not the thing about the leaf blower. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, though that is a very good tip. But no. Know, but... <laughs> um, another piece of advice for a 13-year-old, be yourself. <laughs> be yourself. You know, uh, you don't have to be like the person next to you or like, you know, your best friend or like, you know, anybody else like that you admire, you can admire someone and still, you know, have, have gratitude and like, um, and, and appreciation for who you are. Right. Cause we're all, we are all different. So, um, I would say really be yourself. Trust that that's, that's much more interesting than you trying to be someone else. And what, what's a piece of advice you wish you would have known when you were 13? Hmm. What grade is 13 again? Eight? Eighth, seventh, eighth, eighth. yeah. Seventh, eighth. Um, a piece of advice that I wish I had known at 13. I would say, let me think about that. Well, it's been a long time since I've been 13. So um, <laughs> that's such a hard question. I would say, take your time. There's no rush. There's no rush. Enjoy where you are right now. Even though you you may have, uh, the desire to, you know, get level 100, you know, you have to go little by little, step by step. So don't be impatient, be focused, be driven, and then take and, and take your time. Yeah, I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much. Hey. Wait, I have a question for you all, though. Yeah. What What is something, do you know what kind of like, what is some a piece of advice that you wish, um, you had known already or like what have you like what do you want from adults <laughs> what do i well i want a lot of things from adults <laughs> uh, i want respect respect <laughs> no okay. i'm kidding okay. i'm joking we're joking, we're joking. Um, okay okay, okay. So, something i wish that i would have known i guess when i was 13 i just turned 14 so <laughs> something i wish i would have known what no but um I guess something I wish I would have known earlier is stop trying to hide who you are for the pleasure of others. Mm. I feel like that's mm -hmm. cute. Like self-expression is everything. And I, it took me such a long time to discover it. And as easy as it may seem, it's really hard. Um, mm -hmm. Especially like in like modern society in a way, I feel like in some ways, like the standards set by society and the media are like so are like higher in other places than in other I get in others but um you know stop trying to hide who you are like there, there's no point if it's if it doesn't make you happy why why should you do it for the sake of others if you're not happy and you should always put yourself first before others for sure you know self-love mm -hmm. self-care it's it's everything because that's all you need at the end of the day yeah I mean that yeah, that's like, kind of, I mean, very similar. It's like the other side of the coin to being yourself, right? Like, it's like not feeling like you have to be anything other than who you are. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. So what about you, Will? Um, well, I'm still like realizing this. I wish I, I knew like, it's okay 
to let your guard down and open mm. up to people who you can, who you trust. And that's still mm. something I'm learning now. Yeah. Yeah, Willie. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, listen, you, you also, I know. wish I knew how to surf earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, yeah, I wish I, I knew how to skate earlier to be honest. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, but check us out. But remember, I said about take your time. You got to right. trust that where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. Imagine if when I started at 19 tap dancing, if I had said, um, "Oh man, I wish I had started at 10." Well, if I was going to start at 10, I would have started at 10. But guess what? My life has been still just as great with starting when I started. So right. take your time. Don't worry about it. It'll be there. Right. Um, you all did so great. Um, it was so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. You. Hopefully, we see each other in person yeah. when this is all over. Eventually. Thank you so much, Ayadeli, for coming on. You were such a wonderful guest, and it was so nice having you on. And thank you, everyone, who was listening in. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and that's a wrap. Thank you! Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, y'all. You're great. Great questions. Great, great questions. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to Things Every 13-Year-Old Should Know. Be sure to follow us on social media. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. One, One more thing. thing. If there's anything you'd like to know about, or if you have an idea of someone you'd like to hear us talk with, get in touch with us at thingsevery13yearolshouldknow.com. Thanks, Thanks again. again.